Hey guys, it's us, your favorite podcast hosts. In case you don't remember, I'm Anna. And I'm M. This week on Shelf, of, Shelf Aware, Shelf of we're not here. We're still on Next vacation. Week, Fuck all y'all. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you. Uh, we're re-uploading another episode so that you guys have something to do with your sad, sad Mondays. I know. Think about us out in the sun, having a good time, spending all our monies, and you're there probably at work waiting for us to uh, upload something real cool and tasty for you to listen to to ease, ease yourself into the work week. Here's a repeat. Speaking of something tasty, mm-hmm. there's a lot of tasty things mm, in this my book. My tears. <laughs> uh, so enjoy this. Enjoy this morsel from our past. It's not a hate read one. It's more recent than that, but it's still... Apparently three years, three old. years old, which is absolutely <laughs> mind-boggling to me. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> when we, at the end, talk about upcoming episodes, again, feel free to ignore that. Or go mm-hmm. check out those episodes that are already, that already were cummed. Um, they're there. It's probably an Animorphs. <laughs> it's probably an Animorphs. Um, next week, we will be back in the studio, by which I mean our rooms in our, our houses. Separate houses. Our separate houses <laughs> in different No states. longer in the sun. <laughs> Regretful of the money we spent. <laughs> um, but we're going to be back with Anna's new unit on uh, 2000's Chicklet Girls in New York City unit um, with The Devil Wears Prada. So mm-hmm. check that out. Mm-hmm. If you dare. If you dare. Please, it's please do. We'd love to see you. Probably very <laughs> spooky scary. There's a devil in it. There's a devil. Can you imagine? Uh, and I know I said we'd love to see you this week, even though last week I said please don't ever see me. Um, <laughs> so ignore me. Ignore when I said we'll see you. Please stop seeing me. Thanks. Bye. Welcome back, literary slummers, to the episode you've all been waiting for <laughs> of our podcast, Shelf Aware, the podcast where we try to read books that are outside of our comfort zones, and sometimes we we go way far outside of them. Oh. I'm Anna. I'm M. This week on Shelf Aware, <laughs> we can't. We <laughs> whew, guys, this one's hard. It's gonna be real rough. Okay, guys. We were just talking about it in our pre-intro. We don't know how we our emotions are all over the place for this. <laughs> we're going to be bringing a strange energy, and I hope you're here for it. Um, but <laughs> this week, we did in fact read the 2020 Insta classic, Stephanie so Meyer's Midnight Sun, and this was brought to the table uh, ostensibly as the kickoff to Anna's new unit, which is uh, I guess. Parallel novels, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is when it's a, a familiar story retold from a different viewpoint. Yeah, not my fave. I'm just, I'm, I don't have the time for it. Yes. <laughs> Especially when it's done by the same fucking author. Yes. Now, I was going to say, sometimes yeah. it's by the same author. More common, I think, is a mm. rewrite by, of a uh, public domain story. Yes. Otherwise, it's mm. just fan fiction. And one could yeah. argue that this is just fan fiction as well. But not the kind I'm interested in reading. What are your issues with this genre? The, the genre. Okay. 
my biggest issue is that although it has been 15 years since mm-hmm. I read the first one, I already read this book. Uh, and the fact that like so much dialogue was just like lifted straight up out of the original and plopped down. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Do, do, do something. To it. Guess, hey, Stephanie Meyer, this book didn't have to be 672 pages long. <laughs> it could have been much shorter because you could have glossed over a lot of the stuff you already wrote about. You don't get points. You aren't paid by the word. I don't think. Maybe you are. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But I just, I have, I I have no patience is what mm-hmm. it comes down to. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't care to read the thing I've already read. You know, if, if I had read this book, if I'd read Midnight Sun before I'd read Twilight, uh, I would hate to read Twilight. It's just kind of that thing. It's like, I already did it. Are you, in general, like a big rereader? Do you... I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Do you reread books a lot? I do. I do reread books. I reread books that I love, and I usually wait a long period of time to reread okay. them. So what do you think makes it different um, rereading a book that you know and you like? Like, if your main complaint is that, like, you've already read the story and you don't have time for this, Right. What makes it different from a, like, just regular reread, do you think? I don't like when it's presented as something new. I don't, I think it's like, I can get behind retellings, especially, like, with Spinning Silver. It was, it was very unique, Mm -hmm. the twist that that was on it. Um, And, like, other fairy tale retellings, like, I don't mind those so much. But it's just, like, this idea of it just being the exact Mm. same story with just through someone else's eyes I'm like well the first one was fine for me I don't need to do that again how do you feel about um we have so much to talk about about this book but I do actually think this is like a really interesting subject of Mm, kind of I'm I'm a weird reader and I don't think so I think that like this what you're saying makes sense to me it's not something that like Mm. I like it's not my thought process when it comes to these but it Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense I think but how do you feel about like adaptations like uh when it's like book to movie or like play or something like that. Mm. I mean, uh, setting aside the, you know, typical book nerd response of all books are better than the movies and whatever, but like in yeah, general, but not, but not in every case. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do you like kind of the comparison between the two different mediums or would that kind of be the same sort of like hitting the mm. same buttons as, Oh, you're just doing the same thing, but in like a slightly different way. I think when it's different media mm-hmm. or when it's a different medium I guess not media medium when it's a different medium um I don't mind it as much because it's like a different way to tell the story yeah and it is going to change slightly and then there is always the potential to complain about how it was changed which is always (laughs) exciting to me right because that's all we do is bitch yes but like in those rare instances where I have seen the movie before the book like Princess Bride that movie and I would the book when I read the book I was like this is just trash I've already seen before like Mm. and it's it does not compare to the movie like I don't know I get that's one of my favorite movies of all time so I'm a little (laughs) bit biased about it but yeah I guess it depends on which one I come to first but yeah I mean I usually I don't mind if it's like we're bringing this story that you like to a different medium. I don't like these scenarios where it feels a little bit cheapened, especially when it's by the same author. I have to stress that. Like, mm-hmm. if it's by the exact same author, and a lot, a lot of it is just lifted out of the original, I'm not here for it. I mean, in the same way with fan fiction. I don't like the fan fiction where, like, just 
because this is where a lot of my fan fiction background is from. Like when you have a Harry Potter retelling, but they're like, what if he was sorted into Slytherin? Mm. And it's the exact like, here are the seven books and everything happens exactly the same for the first four books because we don't meet Voldemort till the fourth book. Like, or he doesn't come back till the fourth book. And like, I'm like, why did you write this? <laughs> yeah. Again, this this makes a lot of sense to me. I I am, I think I've said many times, a big slut for retellings. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm into this idea. But actually, now that we're talking about it, I don't know if I've ever really read a book that is like this, where it is what you're saying, which is a novel-length piece based on another mm-hmm. novel-length piece. And it's just, it's not a continuation or, like, yeah, it's just nothing different. a straight-up retelling. Because I think you're right that most of the retellings I enjoy are from much shorter works, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you take, like, a 15 to 20 page long fairy tale yes. and you turn it into a 400 page book. That's great. Yeah, I can I can see why that would be something that does kind of seem like, well, why are we bothering with this, right? Yeah. The only time, and this is a little, jumping ahead a little bit, but I don't think it's going to apply anyway for when you're searching for a sure. book. I mean, like, the only time I feel like this uh, is used successfully in a way I like is at the end of a heist where they're like, mm. this is what was actually happening the whole time. And you're like, holy shit, I, I saw those small details, but I didn't realize what they meant. That's different because it's part of the same story, right? That's the reveal yes, yeah. is part of the heist story, like mm-hmm. the heist narrative. Yes. A classically. I, I love a good heist. Novel. I know you do. One of these <laughs> days we're going to have to do something with that as a unit. Like, I'm going to have to come up with some bullshit thing that I don't like about heist so we can just Pretend do. you don't like heist novels. Just please, Em, please. Much like we considered pretending we didn't like vampire novels, because although this is a thing that you genuinely don't like, mm-hmm. we did think it would be very topical if we covered Midnight Sun, and we kind yeah, of decided we did want, to- We did want an excuse to read this book, you guys. <laughs> We regret it immensely. <laughs> Some background on Midnight Sun, I guess. For I, We covered this when we said this is what we were going to do. But for those of you who might not know what the fuck we're on about. Um, I, I envy you. Midnight Sun is a book that is written by Stephanie Meyer, who is a woman who made a lot of money writing the Twilight series of novels, which is a very, I would say, controversial series of novels because on the one hand... Uh, a lot of young teenage girls really, really liked it, including myself, yes. um, and were quite into it. And there was a lot of backlash against it. And some of the discourse was maybe less uh, about the actual quality of the book and more about the fact that it was a thing that teenage girls liked. Yes, because let's be real. Everybody always hates what teenage girls like. Right. It's just it's just the unfortunate side effect of being female. And I will still stand by the fact that even at the time I originally read this, I was aware it had problematic stuff in it. I don't think the backlash against the series was as much due to the quality of the book because there are plenty of other problematic, shitty books that exist as much as it was that it was popular with teenage girls. And I said side effect of being female, but that was kind of a gross way to phrase it, so I apologize. (laughs) It's a side effect of people disrespecting and disregarding teenage girls especially. Yeah. That being said, so I do, I want to at the top here say if you are a fan of Twilight, if you like the series, if you used to like the series, if you are currently a teenage girl, any dunking we do is based solely on this terrible trash fire of a book 
there that are there are better reasons to dislike it than the fact that it's just a popular novel. Like I'm coming out at the top here to say, and I've said before, I was a Twihard. I was very, very, very into Twilight when I was in high school. Like mm-hmm. I got pretty much all of my friends into it and <laughs> was the <laughs> the patient zero of my friend group when it came to Twilight. It was a problem. And this is the other thing that I think that really annoys me about the backlash against it is that like we all knew it was dumb we were all like (laughs) yeah it's super over the top and ridiculous and that's why it's good you know like that's why we like it not as good because it's not good but like that is why we like it um it's Mm. it's the heightened emotions and oh isn't it just everything is just life or death and you know so dramatic you know and that's what you want when you're a teenager like a hundred percent i was one of those girls that was like, I'm different. And so I don't like Twilight. So <laughs> that's where I'm coming from. I did read the first book and I was immediately like, no, this mm. is trash because it's popular. Yeah. Uh, and then later I was like, oh, there are better reasons for it to be trash. So I'll learn those so I can talk about why I don't like this book. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's that was a common response of the time as well. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I didn't want to be like the other girls. Sure. It was different. Sure. And yeah. I listened to Linkin Park. Oh, my God. Just Linkin like Park Bella. is in this book, Anna. I read so much. I thought I was so smart. Just like Bella. God damn it. Yeah. It turns out you were a Bella all along. Ugh. All I was waiting for was like a vampire that didn't sparkle, though. Right? This And this is, I've talked to you about this via text multiple times, because usually mm-hmm. we try to keep the texting to a minimum. And I know that seems like a lie, because we almost always say, like, oh, we talked about this via text. It is straight up a lie for in us, this it's case. For us, it's a minimum. Uh, because we just texted about this nonstop for the last week, because it, it's... It took over my whole life in a terrible Terrible. It's just terrible. My main... I Actually, pause. Let me real quick... I mean, like... We don't have to say what our opinions are. We have already said it. It's trash. It sucks. Um, I loved this book. No, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) The things that I think this book did well, so that it's not like we're just coming at this as like Mm, mean feminists who hate Twilight because we don't want to be like the other girls, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But you're so clumsy, Em. That's why you're different from the other girls. I might just fall out a window. (laughs) Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> I forgot that, like, this is kind of where that whole trope, or this was one of, like, the really the big... really egregious, yeah. Oh, my God. Clumsy's not a personality, you guys. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. The things that I think this book did that were good, if you are a fan of the series, and that's who I would recommend this book to, is yes. fans of the series who continued to be fans of the series, who either mm-hmm. just recently started reading it or have rewrite a lot since it first came out because or even if you've only watched the movies because i know there's a lot of people out there too that have i don't think you'd be into movie. it if you had just watched them really no i don't think so oh. <laughs> i could be wrong i was gonna try and watch the movie last night before we recorded mm. but i also had just finished this book and it was too yesterday much. afternoon so i was like too soon it's too soon <laughs> but i am like really intrigued by the idea of watching the movies now we might 100th episode anyway um <laughs> okay Things that quick list of things I think this book did well. Mm -hmm. At first, I thought that Edward was going to acknowledge and come to terms with what a problematic creeper he is. So that first bit, I was like, okay, cool, he's aware. So that was good for the first like hundred pages or so of the six hundred page book. Um, Mm -hmm. I liked the scenes 
amongst the Cullens when they were. Yes. That was fun. The vampires interacting with each other. And I liked the flashbacks. Yes. Those were the best parts of this book. And that was all stuff that wasn't in the original. (laughs) Yes. So it actually served a purpose. And I will say, it is not good writing, Mm. but it is improved Mm -hmm. writing. I would agree with that. Yes. And I mean, it has been 15 years, so. And I mean, she's written so much other stuff aside from Twilight. She hasn't. That's the joke. She wrote The Host. She wrote The Host and she wrote some thriller book that I'd never heard of. She wrote Twilight, then gender-bent Twilight, then just Edward-centric Twilight. And here's the thing. Twilight has now been published five different times. Because we've got five different fanfic versions of the same fucking stupid story has been published. Because we've got Twilight, we've got Fifty Shades of Grey, we've got Mm. Grey, which is the... Midnight Sun of the Fifty Shades of Grey series. Please don't make me read We're not going to do that. We've got <laughs> Midnight Sun and we've got Life and Death, which is the gender-swapped Twilight. What We don't need this. Okay, I'm sorry. This is supposed to be the positive section. <laughs> but I think that was it for positives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. There... Mm. There's a lot to dislike here if that's what you're looking to do. If you're looking to dislike a book because you dislike Twilight or whatever... There's, there's a lot of material here for you but if you also like twilight right there's a lot of material here for you as well no no because here's this is huh, huh, here's the thing again <laughs> i was a fan i liked these books mm-hmm. and i wasn't expecting to still like i was expecting to be like i'm gonna think the problematic things are way more problematic now because i'm an adult and i don't care that much about the cute sexy vampire boy like this isn't you know where I'm at in my headspace anymore so I'm gonna be more annoyed by the problematic stuff but I assumed I would go into this and still feel like oh nostalgia and like "Mm, it's so silly but remember how much fun it was in high school when like this was like a major fandom that I was in you know like I thought that would be the overwhelming thing this book destroys the first book (laughs) (laughs) this book like everything that like because I am I'm so sorry I'm like just talking so much but I just uh, okay I there's a lot we got we have a lot I know we're like 20 minutes in and we haven't even touched the plot I there I we're not gonna a lot of the complaints against Twilight even recently I found them to be pedantic like I found them to be like uh the writing's bad. We know the writing's bad. It's whatever. That's not why anyone's reading it. Oh, Edward's a creepy vampire and he creeps on Bella. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, he does. But it's a paranormal romance. Like, I kind of don't hold them to the same rules because it's fucking magic and who cares? Um, No, actually, I do need to hold them to the same rules. It's so creepy in this book, you guys. It's really gross it's so to much read about worse. it from Edward's perspective. It's so much and worse. Yes, because it's not... It, it should have gone, and we talked about this in text because we were, <laughs> we were so angry furious. for so long. It should have gone the route of, like, You by Carolyn Kempis, mm. which is just, like, make it super bad and awful and creepy, and you're reading it as a horror novel. Yes. As opposed to, like, thinking that this is at all romantic. It had to go one of two ways, and it this is a complaint I've had about so many things is it's like the author needs to make a choice and do one of two things and they won't. And they just fucking sit the fence mm-hmm. and she does it so bad in this. It either needs to be incredibly creepy and Edward needs to either 
realize he's a fucking creep and comes to term come to terms with that or make amends for it or whatever which we know he doesn't do because we've read the rest of the series but like that <laughs> needs to be the thing he's Either, rewarded at the he, end. yes he leans hard into the creep thing and the audience is aware it is creepy behavior or it needs to justify his creepy behavior it needs to be like oh he thought there was a threat and that's why he was watching her and there was like a credible threat and that's why he was watching her this whole time because there was something going on we didn't know about you know like and actually he's 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 a great good boy and he's wonderful it either needed to make him way better or way worse and the way it did it it was just like nope he's just a fucking creep and he has creepy (laughs) thoughts and does creepy things what you guys complained about for all those years you were correct you were right we're gonna lean really hard into it And I just, it was just so upsetting. It was very distressing. And I, I had, again, I said this to Em earlier, it was like reading, it, being in the mind of that type of person that you just try your hardest to avoid mm-hmm. all of your life and being stuck there for almost 700 pages. It was like Lolita, but the way that like creepy dudes read Lolita instead of like how Lolita is actually meant to be read. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which like, Weird confession. I do kind of like Lolita. It's fine to like Lolita. Like that. That's. <laughs> I always feel weird saying that though. Like mm, I really enjoyed Lolita because it's one of my favorite classics. A lot of people who read Lolita don't get that Humbert Humbert's <laughs> creep. And I guess he's not, a, he's not a hero, you guys. Right. And I feel like this Edward was the Humbert Humbert of this book. But romanticized. But Stephanie Meyer didn't get that he's a creep. So Stephanie Meyer is horny for Humbert. It didn't work at all. Oh, my God. Uh, Here's one of my main complaints about this book. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, before we get further into the book, I do want to say here at the top, because I know there's a lot of discourse going about this. And I don't really know if this qualifies as at the top anymore, because we are 23 minutes. Well, it depends how long the episode runs, I suppose. This is true. Um... There's been a lot of discourse about this, so I do want to just clarify that Em and I have both made charitable contributions. Oh, yeah. Equal or more than the price of what we paid for this book um, to offset any any negative things we've sent out into the world by purchasing this book. I added together, I think, the price, the amount of money I've spent on all the Twilight books and the movies and I think I mm. bought one of the books for a friend for a birthday once we will we will leave links to the charities that we donated to in the show notes um and you know if you would like to join us in that you may like tweet at us and we'll share your contributions it could be a cool thing yeah you don't have to we did the sin of buying the book we did so. the sin of <laughs> buying the books and we felt we needed to atone for it yes uh, so that we have that out of the way I do also want to say Another one of the major complaints I have about this book, and I guess the Twilight series as a whole, mm. but I only read the first book, was I just, the vampires in this are terrible. I have, I cannot personally, I don't respect a vampire that is, that is like less than 150 years old. That's just <laughs> nothing. If you're a vampire, like, get out, fuck off. Renaissance or or earlier, please. <laughs> thing I think is interesting about the vampire ages in this book is that she really did pick the creepiest possible age for Edward, right? Because mm. I feel like if he was significantly younger, then it would be less of an age gap, which would be less creepy. Still creepy because she's a high schooler, Edward, um, yep. but less yep. creepy. Yep. 
And if he was older, I think I would be more okay with it because I'd be like, he's lived the lives of many men. He's lived so many human lifetimes. He has no context anymore. Yeah. What is time? Yeah, exactly. So I think that like putting him at 100 is like really the worst because there there are other humans that were like alive when he was alive that are still alive. That are still alive. Yes. Yeah. Well, and then like all of his siblings mm. are also from the 1900s. Um, like all of them except for Jasper, Jasper. I think. Yeah. Because yes. he was a Confederate yeah, soldier, so as we war. must. He know. was a. He was not a great. He was a <laughs> well. literal Confederate soldier. That's his actual backstory, guys. It's terrible. And I mean, this two is not brothers. new information. Two brothers. This is not new information. Twilight fans knew about Jasper being a Confederate soldier for many years at this point. Mm-hmm. Why did she make him a Confederate soldier? Why was that? Why everything she does, it's so mind boggling. It's like she Why did you have to make him fight for the bad side? You were already getting complaints of being a fucking racist fuck. Why did you have him be on the side that's pro-slavery? What the fuck are we doing? I really, I... Hmm. Every minute detail of this is just going to send me into a rage spiral. I I do want to address the the we're never going to get to the plot of this, guys, because it's just there isn't. It's true. There's no plot. There's no plot. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, I do want to address the is Stephanie Meyer a racist thing? Real quick. By which I mean probably 10 minutes of us yelling about it. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you lay down the facts and then we'll just, we'll we'll scream for five minutes straight. Number one, (laughs) there are really no people of color in this book, like outright, except for the Quileutes, uh, which is the Native American tribe that lives nearby and are secretly werewolves. Big spoiler. Um, What? what? (laughs) Uh, Which is in itself incredibly problematic and racially insensitive but aside from those guys in especially in the first book there's basically no non-white people stated on the page now that in itself is by today's standards a huge oversight at least by 2007 i think is when the first book came out i think 2005 was it 2005 i thought it was seven i could be wrong in 2000 oh no it's the films Hold on. It might be what I'm getting it confused with. Yes. I think that first book came out in 20... Yeah, 2005. Okay, that makes me happy because that means I was younger than I thought I was. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) By 2005 standards, publishing, YA publishing, was less concerned with diversity than they are even now, which seems impossible since they still aren't super concerned with it. Um, But at least they know enough to pretend. At least they, they, you know, pay lip service to the idea Mm -hmm. that there should be people that are darker complexioned than a piece of notebook paper in their books (laughs) so okay let's set that aside for a second just the lack of melanin uh when these books were made into (laughs) movies Catherine Hardwick save the pearls (laughs) save them Bella is a beautiful pearl Um, oh god when these books were made into movies, Catherine Hardwick, the director, who, again, is not without blame because of the whole Jacob Taylor Lautner situation, but I digress. She pushed for a more diverse cast, including, mm. uh, she says in an interview many, many years later, that she wanted uh, Alice to be Japanese. Um, and Stephanie Meyer said no, because she wrote them all as pale, white, sparkling vampires. Uh, so the... Hmm. Hmm. eventual Hmm. 
agreement that they came to was that Bella's classmates would be more diverse and they were slightly more diverse and that not the main ones but not the main ones that was still Anna Kendrick um (laughs) and that the one of the kind of villainous vampires who does become straight up villainous by book two Laurent was allowed to be black so that's allowed not great in general I'm kind of out of the loop mm-hmm. on a lot of the Stephanie Meyer complaints because I don't. I, there's enough yeah. to be mad about. <laughs> it just seems very strange to me that having that info, knowing that this is a complaint against you, which Stephanie Meyer definitely should be aware of at this point. That you wouldn't, like, do anything to rectify... Because that's the thing. It's, like, it's not that she says all of the classmates are white or that all of the supporting characters are white or anything like that because she just assumes that they're white, right? Which is why Hardwick was able to push for some of them to not be white. Right. Um, but with all of that, like, it just seems really weird to me that if... And this is, like, my big complaint with the book in general, that it seems like Stephanie Meyer should be aware of the complaints made against her and try to address the... Pr- the stuff where it's actually not like your writing sucks. Cause like, what is she going to do about that? Take a course. I guess she could, but like, whatever, <laughs> but like the stuff, she like made millions, the stuff, like it seems like care. you hate women and it seems like you hate other races. And it seems like you're, you don't have any LGBTQ representation and all of that stuff. It's wild to me that like 17 years later, she would come up and be like, I'm going to do the same book and I'm not going to fix any of that. And I'm, I'm not going to, like, address the fact that there's a Confederate right. soldier as one of my heroes. Yeah. Like, yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. It's just so weird to me that she wouldn't be like, oh, now that I... Now's I'm... my chance to rectify right. past mistakes. Now's my chance. Something to, like, acknowledge that this is fucked up. Yes. But no. No. <laughs> it's... She doubled down, man. She was like, I did no wrong the first time around, and I'm going to prove it to you. <laughs> Here it is. 700 pages. Just a trash fire. It's it's rough, guys. It's real rough. It's (laughs) It's rough to read this in 2020. I would, uh, well, and this is the other thing. Oh, we didn't, I didn't even touch on this. Um, This book was leaked many years ago. Most of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Most of this was leaked in 2008 after the series was like wrapping up. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And I think I read the leaked version and it wasn't the whole thing. It was like half the book. And I have long been a Stephanie Meyer truther. And if anything, this book just like confirms all of my theories (laughs) because I assumed like the story was (laughs) when this, when this shit was leaked, someone had hacked her and leaked the book. Mm. Mm -hmm. And now she was so sad about being hacked that she just didn't have the willpower to finish the book. (laughs) <laughs> a true tragedy a true tragedy um so i and it did take her another 12 years to release it so i'm pretty sure she just hated writing this book and didn't want to write it and did the leaking thing just so that she would have an excuse to not write it anymore <laughs> because first off she she says multiple times in this book she has it in the forward and the acknowledgments at the end how much she fucking hated writing this book <laughs> she- <laughs> Literally, let me, let me hold this She up. knew. She was like, nah, mm, 
I did a I did a bad thing. Her first acknowledgement is as follows. This book has been my nemesis for so many years that it's hard to remember everyone who helped me along the way. Her nemesis oh this God, book. Her, ne- her worst enemy. Her worst enemy. Edward Cullen. Was having to live in the head of the character she created. Oh my God. Just a trick. I would hate myself too though. Uh, but and that I'm like, but you could fix it. You made him up. You didn't have to do this. This is true. You didn't have to. You could have done a lot of things different. The, and this has always been Steph- Stephanie Meyer has been one of the. I'm so sorry, guys. Stephanie Meyer has long <laughs> been one of those authors that is like the pinnacle of this bullshit author excuse that authors do. If if their character does something shitty or problematic. Well, that's just what the character was meant to do. Yeah, sorry. I just, I, you know, I have no control over that. That's just where the character's voice led me. <laughs> no. You're writing the character. You invented it. You can, you can make, you have to come up with the justifications for them to not be a bad person. And you can do it. You can do it. You or, can do it. alternatively, if your character is such a shithead that they keep doing these shithead things... Let them do that, but make it clear from the narrative that you as a person don't agree with it. Yeah, yeah. Don't make them this huge romantic lead. This is wild. Oh, my God. We have to talk about the plot. I know there's not We do have to talk about the book. There there may be some people out there who are not at all familiar with the plot of Twilight. Lucky, lucky. You... I'm sorry we have to ruin it for you. (laughs) Come along with us. Hop into the Midnight Sun Express. Choo-choo, we're going on a ride. (laughs) Leaving the station. Tickets, please. (laughs) So, there's this vampire named Edward Cullen. And he and his family, his coven of vampires, they have recently moved to Forks, Washington, Mm -hmm. to pretend they are normal humans doing a normal human thing until until people recognize that they are not aging and then they have to move on again. So Edward and his and his four siblings all enroll in high school and their daddy vampire is a doctor and their mommy vampire never leaves the house. Is a mom. <laughs> She's a good stay-at-home mom. Stays at home. This is as good a time as any as to just break down the the Cullen family and how they're each individually terrible and the worst and way worse than I thought they were. Mm -hmm. This book made them worse. This book made them much worse, except for one, my shining star. Uh Edward, and this is all from Edward's point of view. So there could have been like, we could have had a very biased, like, no, everyone's fucking fantastic and awesome sort of point of view. But even Edward is like, no, my family's trash. I hate them. I hate them so I hate much. I my family, but I love them. And I am like so uh, offended when they don't want to risk their life for my stupid, smelly human girlfriend. <laughs> my family is at once better than every other thing that ever existed or ever will exist and also cursed to hell for the depths of eternity and just very annoying to me personally yeah personally i find them all just very difficult to be around but i choose to be around them for eternity honestly though edward is me Edward, everyone i'm like i edward don't want to be around a people teenager. i don't want to be around people at all but also don't you dare talk bad about any of the people i hang out with or i'll cut you 
<laughs> Leave me alone. Where are you going? <laughs> God, he's the worst. And I will say, I think that to some extent, because this is the argument, I, I don't think Edward and Bella's relationship is in any way age appropriate. Um, <laughs> but the argument I will make it that Stephanie Meyer immediately shits on is that... <laughs> Uh, vampires in this universe are frozen at the age that they got changed at and they don't emotionally mature past that. Okay, I can get on board with that. It would be weird for, I guess it would be weird for 17-year-old mentally Edward to date like a 40-year-old. Maybe he just shouldn't date at all. But the thing that I think disproves this. date other vampires. That's fine. Also an option. And also the thing I think disproves this, because she makes this point in the book. She says like, Edward's like, oh, I'm 17. I'll always be 17. I'm just a 17-year-old forever, and I'm always going to be like this. Which so 17. That's, that's grim. That's very grim. I would. That would be, like, one of my least favorite ages For to be sure. Um, But early in this book, I know I said we were going to talk about the Collins, but early in this no, book. No, it's good. <laughs> he's in the, like, office, and the se- – Edward Cullen can read minds. We haven't mentioned that yet, but he can. I completely had blocked this from my memory of this series. Uh I thought he was just a regular-ass vampire, but no. He's one that can read everybody's minds except for his super smelly human girlfriend, Bella. But he goes to the office and, like, the secretary's there, and she's thinking about how much she wants to fuck Edward. And like, and she's like, oh, no, he's a student. It would be wrong. It would be wrong. He's so fucking hot. He's so hot, and I want to bang him. Of course, they don't use the words fuck or bang because Stephanie Meyer is a Mormon. Um, but that's the that's what's happening. And Edward, instead of being, like, creeped out by this, like, oh, I'm 17. Even though I've lived many years, I've, I'll always be 17. He's like, ha, 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 if only she knew how old I really was. It's like, okay, you can't have it both ways, bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, can't yeah. do You're both. You're either 17 or you were 100. You're either you 17 just- and it's inappropriate for this adult in a high school to be lusting after you, which mm-hmm. it is, or you look 17, but you're actually 100 and whatever. In which case, yes. stop dating Bella, you fucking cradle robber. Oh, my God. Mm. So, so the Collins. So the Collins. <laughs> we'll start with Alice. Okay. Edward's BFF Alice. Her, her thing is she doesn't know anything about her past as a human because she was, I guess she, as a human, was psychic. And so they put her in an institution and treated her terribly. And Bella's like... Oh, you couldn't remember any of your humanity because they left you in the dark? And I was like, I, I don't think that's why. I think it was just a bad humanity. So she didn't like. I think maybe it was like a <laughs> metaphorical dark, like, oh, the darkness of your situation. So you repressed it. But it could also just be. Bella I think was Bella stupid. was like, oh, you didn't have any light. So how could you how form could memories? You, how could you see? You can't see. So you don't know what was happening. <laughs> Both possibilities. Uh, um, yes, Alice is also terrible in this book, and I hated her so much. And I know that's going. She to... can see the future, really good. Oh yeah, she thing. can yeah, see the future, and it's super annoying. <laughs> I hated her so much in this book because, again, I think this was just like Stephanie Meyer just leaning into the criticisms. Alice has always been a fan favorite. Everybody's been very pro Alice, and the thing about Alice is that she is. I liked her for the first like thirty-five percent of this until book, she became an annoying. Okay. Um, the thing about Alice is that she's 
very good friends with Bella because she sees the future and knows that she will be good friends with Bella. And so she like acts in that way. Mm. The other thing about Alice that has been true amongst the fandom of Twilight is that she is often shipped with Bella. And I was always like, this is silly nonsense. Why are we doing this? Bella is not gay. She's with Edward. He's so hot. Um, Hi. (laughs) Why did you make Alice so, so intensely gay for Bella in this book, Stephanie Meyer? What are you doing? (laughs) She craved Bella. She craves her. She, her actual love interest, Jasper, who again, we'll get to in a second, but is a Confederate. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they have absolutely no chemistry in this book. The only thing she ever does with they him. They say like three things to each other. Yes. And it's always her parenting him. It's constantly yes. her being like, got to make sure Jasper doesn't kill someone. Like that's all their relationship is, is her monitoring him to make sure he doesn't touch the hot stove. The hot stove being ripping open a mortal's throat and sucking out all of their blood. <laughs> But, like, so they've got nothing going on. And then Alice is just over here desperately. When can I touch Bella? Desperately When can I make out with Bella? Having visions. When do Bella and I fuck? Having visions of their pale vampire arms intertwined. And it's like, no homo, though. They're just best friends. And I'm like, why? I love Jasper, though. I love Jasper. You knew that people wanted them to be gay. Make them less gay in this book. What are we doing? Um, only only a pervert would see her as gay. That's I mean, how dare you? I am a pervert, so guilty, I guess. <laughs> the other thing about Alice being able to see the future is it's annoying, which as really shit. bothered me. Is they create so many like time loops that don't ever happen. Yes. So like, yes, yeah. Alice's thing, their whole gimmick with Alice. Is they're like, I'm thinking of doing something. Does it work? And she's like, yes. But then they don't do the thing. They just immediately go to it working. So I'm like, but that's not, that's not how reading the future works. On the one hand, that's merciful because we didn't have to live through her vision and then the scene. Because this is only <laughs> 700 pages. But again, it's Stephanie Meyer Hearing the criticism and just being like, no, fuck you. I'm going to do it harder because this was a bit and this. The original criticism isn't Stephanie Meyer's fault because the I think maybe she had something to do with this, but maybe not. The last movie ends with a big fight between the vampire cops and the vampire Avengers that the Collins have assembled to fight the vampire cops. The first movie ends up the way? last movie. Oh, oh okay, yes. Sorry, sorry. Um, Breaking Dawn part two, because we needed extra, I guess. <sighs> So there's this big fight between them and everyone gets like wrecked. Everyone gets toasted. Everyone's dead. People's heads get ripped off. There's, you know, vampire parts going everywhere. I would say there's blood everywhere, but vampires don't bleed. So it's like really funny because like body parts get ripped off and there's no blood. (laughs) But we get through this whole fight scene and it ends. And then it turns out it was just a vision Alice had that she was showing to the vampire cops to be like, see, if you do this, it's not going to go well. Oh, that's so fucking bullshit. Right. That's <laughs> like, it was all a dream. So everyone was furious and was like, that was so stupid. So then Stephanie Meyer did that for this entire book. She did it again. She just keeps being like, here's a vision of what could happen, but we're not going to do that. But we're not going to do that. It oh was the most frustrating thing. And I hated Alice so much. Yeah, it was not it was not good 
telling the it wasn't telling the future. It was just Deus Ex Machinaing mm. everything. Like, and <laughs> there's a point where they're trying to track down another vampire, and he jumps in the water, so they can't smell him anymore. So he's like, if I go left and Daddy Vampire goes right, who will find him? And she's like, Daddy Vampire will find him 30 miles that way. And then they all just go that way. And I'm like, but then that means you changed how it happened. Because the way that her visions work is that she sees based on decisions. So once someone makes a decision to do something, she can see that future, right? So you can change stuff because if she tells you what Mm -hmm. happened, you can make a different decision. But, like, I don't think that works to be, like, we're all going to decide to go in three different directions and then Alice yes, will let us know. because you're not. You're deciding, you're deciding to, to ask Alice what happens. <laughs> you just, had no intention of ever going left. You were going to go the way Alice told you to go. Right. So how can Alice's... It would only work if they didn't know that Alice could do this and then she told yes. them, right? Because then yes. they, But you can't... If she just called them out of nowhere and was like follow right. daddy right but that's not what happens they all decide to i can't fucking alice he's like think really hard about turning left think think alice did it work thinking about a thing is not decide and because he says like exactly. i decided really hard to do this or something and i'm like that's not how decisions work no oh my god okay so alice is trash um alice trash let's talk about jasper let's then. talk about jasper because <laughs> hey, it turns power- out also trash He's he's a Confederate soldier. His power <laughs> is that he was so charismatic as a human that as a vampire he can he can do do emotions. He can control emotions. Yes. Or in some he, he can also like they're, create They're playing real fast and loose with what emotions are. What an emotion yes, yes. <laughs> Cause like, like in one scene, Jasper's like, "I'm gonna make Bella look so uninteresting. I'm gonna create that nobody the, will notice her. the emotion of disinterest in this area. Like that's nothing. That's not emotion. What are you ta- I, and that scene in particular is just like the mechanics of it don't make sense because is he affecting the vampire, the other vampire's emotions? And making them feel the emotion of, like, boredom or disinterest in a Mm. specific thing, which that's not, you can't, that's, Or is he making Bella and the, like, vulnerable Collins, which, what the fuck are you even talking about? You just mean women. Fuck off. Um, Uh uh Uh-huh. Esme. All she does is stay at home. Right. (laughs) Are you making their emotions different and making their emotions the emotion of disinteresting which isn't an emotion i made you boring because if you're affecting bella and if you're affecting the vamp the specific other vampires emotions then they shouldn't be that shouldn't affect also your siblings because it does it's just it doesn't it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense it's no it's nothing so just say that he can like affect auras or something like he's so charismatic people only want to look at him Mm. There you go. Or he's so charismatic that he's a Confederate soldier and he shouldn't be in this book. What are we doing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-mm. It's real nasty. <laughs> so gross. Jasper's trash. I know this, and I'm sorry to keep bringing up stuff that happens later in the series, um, but his power didn't make sense in the original series either because this is the whole thing with Bella, right? We've mentioned that Edward can't read Bella's mind, and it turns out eventually when she, spoiler alert, becomes a vampire – 
that her vampire power is that she can create like mental shields and block other vampires mental attacks um so not physical ones which they have to specify not physical because some vampire powers have worked on her, including Alice's, because Alice can see the physical future. Say, like, but she can't because can it's based on decisions. Future. It's based on decisions, so it's mental, so fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> but so stupid. So stupid. Jasper can also affect her and fucking tell me how emotions aren't fucking mental. Okay, Stephanie Meyer says, they're not mental because he's affecting the physical sensations of your body. He's stimulating dopamine or what the fuck ever. No, no. he's not. He's not no. a fucking neurochemist who's out here being like, release the dopamine, release the epinephrine. <laughs> That's not what's happening. <laughs> what are we doing? Prepare for battles, brother. <laughs> What the fuck are Edward, we doing? Edward, get the fast cars. <laughs> Emmett, get the baseball bats. Jasper, you know what to do. <laughs> Dopamine? Dopamine. <laughs> no. What part of my brain like makes me boring? Makes me look boring? <laughs> ah, yes. The boring receptors. <laughs> So it's just, you just wanted some of the powers to work and some not. And then you came up with this cool mental shield thing and we're like, oh, fuck, it doesn't work. Oh, I'm going to come up with a bullshit explanation. Oh, that also doesn't make sense. But my readers. Why can't it just be that, like, I don't know. As a human, all these things worked on her, but then as a vampire. Sure. That makes more sense. (laughs) Because they get stronger when you become a vampire is the thing. This makes perfect sense. I don't. Whatever. You fixed it in two and a half I seconds. It. it took me one thought. <laughs> That's Jasper. Emmett. His power is that he... Strong. He's a strong, strong boy. boy. Mm-hmm. He was strong in life and he's strong in death. I also so want to bring strong. up a little bit of future stuff for Emmett as well. Because it continues the theme of Stephanie Meyer being a fucking creep. Yeah. And just introducing weird age dynamics into stuff. Emmett was saved because... Uh, his future wife-girlfriend Rosalie came across him while he was very injured and begged Daddy Vampire to change him. We find Mm. out in book three, I think, that the thing that attracted Rosalie to Emmett was the fact that he reminded her of her best friend's son. No. Who she only knew as a baby. No. (laughs) The fuck? Why do I know this now, Em? Why? <laughs> I have to suffer. You have to suffer. That is so gross. It's just. I it's love a this man who reminds me of an infant I once knew. <laughs> he reminds me of an infant. Um, <laughs> do you think he'd let me change his diaper, Daddy Vampire? Now, I get that the thing Smyre was going for with this was he's so innocent, like a baby. <laughs> But, but taken in conjunction with all of other Smyre's other weird age shit, it's not a good look. It's not. No, no, no. <laughs> and also, like, the fact that we get so much of Emmett's internal monologue in this book because Edward can read minds. Mm. All Edward thinks about is killing <laughs> and fighting. Is that very innocent? I don't know. Is he very naive about the killing and fighting? Is he like, oh, I didn't know what would happen if I killed him. <laughs> if I'd ripped his head right off, I didn't understand. But humans aren't people. They're not vampires. They don't count. They're just food. 
Except actually really Emmett more wants to kill other vampires, which is a trait I admire because I also wanted to kill a lot of the vampires. I would in love this to book. kill all these vampires. And then we have Rosalie, who's the only good one through Except Twilight. Except for her powers just being beautiful. Her powers being pretty. What the fuck? She was pretty as a human and somehow more pretty. Like, add on to the fact that it is stated that vampires become more attractive to humans yeah. just because they are vampires. She is even prettier than that. Beauty is subjective and it's super fucking weird that that's her power. Yeah, no, everyone thinks she's fucking gorgeous except Edward, who's like, Ew. I love Bella. Rosalie is the only decent vampire in this book because Edward hates her so. And mm-hmm. this book does this annoying thing where Edward keeps being like, oh, I love her like a sister, even though she annoys me, waka waka. But it's like... <laughs> I wish she were dead, but I do love her. I wish she was away from me forever and I never had to see her and she was buried like six mm-hmm. feet underground and like mm-hmm. wasn't moving or talking or existing. Um, but I love her. And it's like, you don't though. <laughs> you yeah, do you hate her. You actually just tolerate her. <laughs> But that's why Rosalie's character makes it through this book, because Smyre's writing about her in a way that's like, she's terrible, but everyone else is like, well, your judgments of what's good and not are so fucking skewed that it's like, she's actually pretty okay. (laughs) She's not great. She's still kind of annoying with the doesn't want to be a vampire shit, but like... Again, these vampires suck. So, like, I probably yeah, that, wouldn't want to. That's true. I wouldn't want to. I hang do with hate them that where, like, a vampire is like, but my humanity, I miss it. Yeah. Like, mm, and I mean, we've we've talked off mic about Rosalie's very sad backstory, and I don't want to get into it on the podcast because we just it's can't. Super sad. It's, it's a very bummer. sad, which is also why I excuse her for some stuff. But like, it's still just a little draining to be like. I didn't know when they be a vampire. Well, you are. So, like, fucking deal with it. <laughs> so deal with it. You have been for, like, 70 years now. Oh, man. All right. So, Rosalie. Esme, the other the other important woman in uh, Bella, or no, in Edward's life, is her power is she loves so much everybody. Here's the problem with Esme. <laughs> She's such a good mom. And I say that in a very sarcastic way because she was just written as like, here's the mom. Yeah. I thought that I would like Esme in this book because I thought I would like Esme in other books, but she wasn't really in the other books, right? Like she was always kind of like in the background, not really doing stuff. Um, And I assumed that she had some sort of personality that we just weren't privy to, but it turns out her personality is just like if you took a bunch of Q-tips and like scraped off the cotton and like used the... Uh, sticks as like bones and then use the cotton to like build a maternal shape around that and then we're like it's a mother like you know like what? that like that that psychology I was just thinking that research experiment with the monkeys yes. yeah with the yeah. monkey and the fake monkey mom <laughs> yes yes we're all little rhesus monkeys trying to cling to Esme that's Esme yeah okay and then her husband Carlisle his superpower is compassion. That's, again, nothing. He's just really good at not wanting to kill humans, even to eat them. The problem with Carlisle that I really think came to the forefront in this book, but was in the other books, and I just was too stupid and dumb to put this together. Actually, there's two problems with Carlisle, but they're interconnected. Number one, his family leads a vegetarian lifestyle, which is what they call it when they only eat animals and not When they humans. only eat meat, but it's not human meat. <laughs> it's not human meat. So whatever. 
Um, <laughs> I also highlighted that. And I was like, are you really, though, vegetarian? If you truly believe that humans have souls and you shouldn't kill them and shouldn't mm-hmm. murder them in cold blood mm-hmm. and drink their blood and kill mm-hmm. them lots, mm-hmm. you should have problems hanging out with people who do that. Mm-hmm. And he certainly does not. Nah, he don't care. He's like, He's like mm-hmm. and all other vampires are chill. Live and let live unless you're human. It's a different lifestyle choice. It's like, mm, mm. it's not, yeah. though. The way your beliefs, Carlisle, are set up make you a huge hypocrite. In addition, <laughs> Mr. Compassion Humanitarian only turns people without consent, which is mm-hmm, fucked mm-hmm. up, guys. Like Extremely. His whole thing is that he will not turn someone until they are so close to death that there is no other way to save them. But if they are so close to death that there's no other way to save them, you also can't get permission. And turns out a lot of the people that, like, he turned didn't want to be turned. So, like... Uh, Or, like, his whole thing with Esme, his wife, like... Like how he turned her and she opened her eyes and was just, I love you. And another I- fun thing that this book revealed, which I don't think was in the other books, um, Esme and Carlisle, we knew that Esme had like tried to commit suicide, I think, by like jumping off of a cliff because her baby died because that's all that women care about is like, I mean, that would be very, very Well, that's sad, all mothers care about. But like she is just a mom. So like that was yeah. taken away and so she tried to kill herself. Um, so Carlisle found her like broken on the cliff bottom and saved her and whatever and then they fell in love immediately she was like i love you but it turns out they had met before when esme was a young girl and carlisle was a doctor uh, traveling through their small town and she was like i love him i will marry him one day and then grew up and married someone else but then he came back and saved her and it was like oh thank god thank you i love you the man i fell in love with at 13 is here to save me like what are we doing you know that people were creeped out by the child grooming thing in breaking dawn why are you introducing all of these child grooming things in this book it's the only romance she knows. It's so fucking weird. That's the family. That's the family. Uh, Edward's a huge daddy stan. He loves his daddy so much. He, his daddy can do no wrong. Um, and that's their family dynamics. Anyway, Bella, Bella's the new girl in town. And at first, Edward's like, oh boy, a new girl for us to ignore. Because she's another human. Why do they get so worked up about these new things? I'm so over it. I'm a whole hundred years old and have become disillusioned <laughs> with the world. You're too young oh for this, God. Edward. I'm so jaded by all humans. You're all the same. You're blah, too blah, young blah. and also far too old for any of this. Oh, my God. I, that's what I'm saying. If he was, like, 600 years old, okay. If whatever. he was a 30-year-old vampire, I'd be like, eh, okay. Yeah, you're still close to humanity. You're still whatever. close to humanity. If he was a 300-year-old vampire, just a stupid is the vampire worst age. age. I hate it. The worst the age worst. for a vampire. I should, she just wanted them all to be, like, very American vampires. Mm-hmm. Like, none of them are old. They're all very American mm-hmm. from America. Except for, I think, Carlisle's from England, technically. Yeah, he's from London, but he's the, he's the only one. Yeah, everybody else is, like, from Utah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Edward catches Bella's stench on the wind, and he immediately wants to kill her. And everyone who sees her kill him, sees him kill her. No witnesses. Doesn't matter. He doesn't do that. So then he spends the next, like, oh, 
500 pages saying, mm, I had to stay away from her. No, I cannot possibly because I love her. Ooh, I can't love her because if I do, Alice said she'll become a vampire and I don't want her to lose her humanity. Ugh, but I'll be so sad when she ends up leaving me for another human or dying in like 50 years or whatever and just, ugh, so sick of it. And this is the same as in Twilight where it takes forever to get to the actual plot and most of it is just pining, pining, pining. Mm. And I think that works better in Twilight because um, I don't know how creepy Edward is. <laughs> so it's Truth. not gr- as gross. But he sits in a rocking chair in her bedroom every night for like months. The thing is, a lot of his creepy behavior is in the original book. Like, we know that but he's... But not the details But not the details it. of it. Yeah. The, the like, him watching her breathe and it's like i mean i guess theoretically i knew that happened but like i didn't have to live through it you know yes i didn't have to have it rationalized to me yes that's the worst part is the rationalization of this behavior and he's like i think i'm doing something bad but bella immediately forgave me for it so i guess it wasn't bad there's like a part later on where as their romance continues uh Edward begins listening in to her conversations with other people through those other people because, again, he can't read her mind because she's special and not like the other girls. Yeah, oh my god. But he starts listening into other people's conversations through them with Bella. And he tells Bella this, which I guess that's good that he doesn't lie about it, but whatever. Um, and Bella's, like, mad because, of course, she is. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Won't you please forgive me? And she's like, uh, yeah, if you promise not to do it anymore. And he says something like, oh, how about if I beg for... Like, he says, will you will you forgive me if I beg for forgiveness? Oh, this is so gross. Yes. This is the worst apology yes. ever. He says, like, will you forgive me if I beg for forgiveness? And she's like, I'll... If you promise not to do it anymore. And he's like, how about if I beg for forgiveness? And then he, like, gives, like, gives another thing that he's going to do. But it's not, I won't do it anymore. It's something else. And in his head, he's like, Haha, like I was ever going to stop doing the thing she didn't want me to do. I was yeah. obviously going to keep doing it. And the thing about this. Will you forgive me if I apologize? Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't say that to her. He's not like, I'm not going to stop. Let's talk about that, which would also be a problem. But like, again, if they talked about it, it'd be like, oh, I'm really worried about your safety. So I want to keep listening in just to like monitor because I have anxiety. And then she could be like. Well, that seems like that's a, you know, anxiety issue that you're dealing with and you need to kind of like work through that, but it's not appropriate for you to keep listening to my conversations. But they're stupid teenagers, so they don't have that conversation. No, no. What they decide on is that she's allowed to drive them to yes, someplace. Yes, that's the thing he offers is yes. instead of being like, yeah, I won't do it anymore. And then he very grossly says, I'm very sorry I upset you, as opposed Gross. to like saying sorry for the behavior. That was upsetting. Sorry you got mad. It's... It's unbelievably just, it's so intrusive. He just, he doesn't want it. He wants them to just be the same exact person. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to have a relationship with something. He just, he just wants somebody to do everything he says. But like, he wants them to be the same exact person, but he also is like so adamant about like Bella having a real human experience and whatever. And being like, oh, you got to have the high school experience. Like she doesn't want that. And you don't want that. So like, why are you doing this? Why are you making her go to prom? It literally brought her to tears that you took her to prom because she did not want to go. She didn't want to go because she was in a cast and can't dance. Like, why would you? Oh my God. She didn't want to go because she's clumsy. Mm. She didn't want to break her leg. It was already broken because she fell out the window. 
Show him for her other leg. <laughs> oh my god. So eventually about 500 pages in. No, exactly 500 pages in. It was literally yes. page 500. <laughs> yes. There's the ba- they're having the the baseball game. It's the one where they're vampires, so they have to play during a thunderstorm because they hit the ball so hard. Anyway, a wandering coven of... really good in the movie because they all have, like, baseball uniforms. Like, why? Why do you have that? I really really want to just watch this movie now. I I mean, I don't, but I do. I am... This, This wandering group of three vampires who've created a coven, I guess... They wander over because they heard about they heard the baseball game and wanted to join in. Good old American pastime. And Jasper does his funky emotion, boring emotion <laughs> to Bella so that they don't notice. But then they notice there's a human there, and they're not the kind of because vampires of the that wind. Because the, the wind, wind the weather shifted. And they caught the scent of Bella's mighty stench. Bella's musk. She smells really good. She smells particularly good to Edward. But like just he good in general. At the mouth, her smell. Yes, but in general, she's just she's a very floral scent to her blood. Apparently, and vampires are horny for it. I don't. Understand. Vampires just really want that lavender blood. Like, what are we doing? I think it's actually Frisia, and I'm really sorry that I know it's that. It's both. It's lavender oh, it? and Frisia. He says yes <laughs> because I told you I read every word of this book, so it'd be <laughs> seared into my memory. I didn't, I didn't, I did not scam this one, you guys. I read every word. This is the only one. (laughs) The only one. (laughs) Uh, So the vampires smell, and at first they're like, hmm, time to eat this human. And then the the colons are like, no, this human is part of our family. You cannot. And there's a lot of posturing. Then one of the vampires, unfortunately, is a tracker. And guess what? It means he likes to track things. Which, okay. 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 I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> they point it. They, they give it like tracker with a capital yes. T. Like, is that supposed to mean something? Or does he just like tracking things? And they, I think they go on to be like, oh, well, we know one in Italy or whatever. So I guess it is a thing. So I was like, I is this like, are they like Volturi trackers? Or is this guy just he very good at tracking? And that's the thing. It's like, you, again, missed opportunity. You could have set this up. As a thing that the Collins knew about, that there were specific vampires that were trackers and tracked people down, that you could have mentioned earlier in the book and been like yeah. in the yeah. like. The whole point of this book is like, oh, it's gonna be all the vampire stuff that we didn't get in the original because Bella doesn't know what the fuck's going on. But also, it seems like the Collins don't. So like, even though one of them can tell the future and the other reads minds. They don't know. And the other is beautiful. Um, and the other's so beautiful that her beauty could, I don't know, Helena Troy. Uh, you know, I was going there. Launch a thousand ships. Is that what it is? Yeah, something like that. Um, Whatever. <laughs> I don't understand why you wouldn't build up, t- or you could have had, like. No foreshadowing. There's no foreshadowing. Book. And I mean. Zero. For- even, even for, like. The psychics. <laughs> Why didn't Alice have if like Alice a... can see the future? Why couldn't she see the one where this guy 
because almost kills Bella. They didn't know about it until they made the decision to play baseball because then it got real loud. So it made them make the decision. They hadn't made the decision to turn and find them until they heard the mm. loud baseball. Is and the, the wind hadn't decided it was going to blow the wind any hadn't decided. way yet. <laughs> so it all makes perfect sense if you think about it. Mm-mm. It's nope. just so stupid. <laughs> it's very stupid. So the tracker's like, mm, I'll just bide my time. And Edward knows all this because he can read minds. He's like, I'll just bide my time and then I'll hunt down this human nom, girl nom, nom, and nom. eat her. Nom, nom, nom. So then they prepare to flee and Bella goes and runs off with Alice and Jasper to Phoenix. And the and Edward and Carlisle and Emmett get in their Jeep and drive north for days. I don't know. They get all the way to Calgary and the trucker's like, oh, it was a trap. And then they run all the way back to Forks. <laughs> the running thing cracks me up. I, I don't know why it's so fucking funny to me, but they just run for days. <laughs> and I'm just imagining Naruto running all the way from Calgary to Seattle. It's very stupid. The running and the fact that, like, they can talk so fast that humans can't understand. I don't even know what that means. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Like, I don't understand. Okay. I, okay. Vampires are fast. Okay. Yes, they're they're very fast. fast. It's because you have a human brain. But, but that doesn't, (laughs) Anna. (laughs) You have a slow human brain. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I can get on board with them be a- being able to talk super fast because if they can talk real, they can move really fast, which is nothing. Why? What is? What does that even mean? Why would being a vampire make you fast? That doesn't make sense. You're dead. What are we doing? Because your instincts are reaction time. I don't know. I don't know. But hey, you know what doesn't require motor skills that could be sped up is listening. So like if they can talk really fast and the humans can't hear them. What, what process, what process are you able to hear fast by? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) I don't understand. And this is, I think this is one of the biggest issues with Twilight as a series, aside from the sexism, racism, (laughs) homophobia, which are obviously the bigger issues. Um, But the vampires in Twilight are like, scientific vampires right like she tries to come up with explanations uh, for everything and it's like just don't you didn't her explanation was that god invented vampires so i don't know yeah. how scientific they yeah. are uh, okay <laughs> what i mean by scientific <laughs> you're right and that is in this book and i apologize <laughs> that is pulled lifted straight out of this book edward thinks god created vampires what i mean is like like sometimes in spec fic you have fantasy elements that get a sciencey explanation like mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. we can do magic because aliens or werewolves are like a disease that like it corrupts yourself you know like there's that yeah, type yeah, yeah, of yeah, vibe yeah. where they try to give it yeah. like a real world thing like oh magic could be real it's just which we don't can be done it. well yes absolutely i'm just manipulating particles right and this book yeah. tries to do that because it's like the way vampires work is that they have venom in their ve- their fangs that they inject into the victims, and that turns them into a vampire if they don't just die. And like it travels through their body, and but it just and it they f- can only absorb their body becomes porous, and they can only absorb blood and rejects everything else that enters their body except Bella's tear. It just <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about it. Didn't I promised on Twitter it. we would talk about it the whole episode. We oh. didn't talk about it. Oh my god. 
he eats her tear he eats her tear he eats her tear and he's just so excited that it's gonna be in him forever and it's so gross it's the grossest thing i've ever read and i hate it so much he wants that he wants that part of bella inside of him forever because someday she's gonna die because she's a human but even after she dies he'll still have eaten her tear and it'll be salty and good in his belly he can't pee pee it out he cannot get rid of this one little tear in his body this is what i'm talking about though they're, they're, the science doesn't make sense and of course it doesn't they're vampires why are we doing this just say they have magic bites why are we doing this i don't i don't know <laughs> it's a I, tear, Anna. i'm hey hey i see you 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 you're cry, you're laugh crying i'm gonna gobble them up here <laughs> a sane thing to do his words why would you want to and even bella's like ew and he's like "Mm." (laughs) you're inside me now and it's like in the original book that happens obviously from bella's perspective but it's like a one-off thing that's never explained and it turns out there's no good explanation it's just so fucked (sighs) oh my god hated it so much it was so upsetting it was viscerally i literally i screamed inside I my couldn't, mouth i couldn't continue on with the book i had to just sit there in bed i i did one of those closed mouth screams like you're supposed to do on roller coasters in japan right now but it was <laughs> screaming so inside your heart <laughs> i was just, i was just sitting there and it was that hello darkness my old friend playing quietly in the background <laughs> guys so they play the baseball and the other vampires come and none of it makes sense Uh, yeah and then (laughs) their really good plan that Ellis helped them come up with didn't work so they all have to go to Phoenix and the vampire gets Bella and beats her up really bad and bites her and they're like oh no she's gonna be a vampire and Edward's like "Mm, not if I can help it and he sucks the vampire poison out of Bella and then she goes to the hospital, and her mom shows up. She's like, what a clumsy bitch I have of a daughter. <laughs> I totally believe she fell out of a window. <laughs> Stupid girl. This is also just the most, like, this is the most plot of this book, was this whole chase. But A, it went on for so long. It went on long. for so long. <laughs> if, if I turn left, if I turn left and Daddy goes right, who finds him? Daddy, go right. B, this is where all of Alice's, like, future see once they defeat the james and are like okay we gotta stage this so it looks like ancient vampire tracker james (laughs) yeah i mean i guess james is an old-timey name it's in the bible i feel like let's get some let's get some good vampire names jimmy like vlad alucard i mean eventually we get to like (laughs) caius and yeah it's a good one yeah i'm trying to remember the other dudes oh Yes, something about Twilight escaped my memory. Thank God. I have Klaus. I do yeah. like vampire diaries, though. Klaus and Elijah. Um, but in addition to it taking forever, this is where, like, all of her visions where they're like, this is our plan. Here's Alice's vision of it. Worked perfectly. 
skip ahead. Like, all of this happens, and it's very confusing, because... Is... It, yeah, because they don't really, like... She just she just dives into it, and I kind of read it, like, I imagine the way that Edward and his siblings all talk to each other, where it's like, Alice sees us taking the car, and we go into the car, and she asks us to lay on the horn for three seconds, and she jumps out of the window, and then she takes some blood, and she puts all the blood on the ground, and then she takes <laughs> off her clothes, and she puts all the clothes inside the blood, and then she dumps more blood inside of another car, and then we get a third car, and for some reason there's blood in that car, and then we have to go to the car wash to take all the cars to the car wash, and what's happening? Um, and this is the other thing about this whole sequence is that there were so many cars. There were so many cars and they all got described and one of them had Nas and they hit the Nas. <laughs> the go-go Nas. one and go-go two. It turned into some Tokyo drift shit. So stupid. But then also, okay, so a big problem with this book is it was taking scenes that were like maybe question marks in the original book and being like, and this is how that part happened, right? Because we saw that at the very beginning when it was like, in the original book, we know that Edward, once he first smelled Bella, took off to go hang out with the Denali's or the Denali clan up in Denali or whatever. And yeah, yeah, yeah. we got that scene in this book and it was super boring and didn't do anything. And it was kind of like that here too, not the boring part, but where it was like, it answered a question, but in a way that was like completely unfathomable. Because what happened was... So un- unsatisfying. And unsatisfying. But the question, the original question would have been, and we got this dialogue in this book, when Bella is in the hospital and Edward's talking to her, and he's like, someone tells her that the... Or her mom is talking to her, and her, she's like, there's a lot of crime in this neighborhood. And it's like, okay, Karen, calm down. Um, there's a lot of crime in this neighborhood. You know, the ballet studio got broken into and there was a stolen car parked outside. And Bella later talking to Edward is like, oh, my gosh, you guys stole a car. So, like, that's the pin, right, of Stephanie Meyer being yes. like, hey, hey, they stole a car. Let's ride around that. No, nope, they stole, like, ten cars. They stole that car. <laughs> that car that was there wasn't the car they stole. So, like, it was, it was, it was the, the car, car the James stole. So, like, so they stole like 18 cars and none of them were in the original Twilight. So now I'm like, are we going to get a sixth version of Twilight where it's like James being like, let me tell you, tell you how I stole tell that car. Tell you what happened when I was tracking Bella. Like, let me tell you the story about that car I stole. And it's like, no one cares. We didn't care about the stolen car in the first place. The fact that you had to write a book to address this issue is, in, is just unfathomable. And still didn't address it. And you didn't answer the question. You didn't answer it. You just, and then Edward in his head is like, wasn't the car we stole, but I didn't have time to explain that to her, but you had time to explain it to us, Edward. (laughs) My favorite part about all of the cars (laughs) is when they were driving. (laughs) Edward was like, Edward is driving and he's like, Alice, I need you to tell me what's on the road. 30 seconds ahead of ahead of where I am right now. Don't think about anything else except for the road, the traffic patterns, so that I can swerve appropriately through traffic. And then he, like, in the course of their driving, he loses, they lose the, the side view mirrors. And he's like, Emmett, Carlisle, look out the windows. You have to be my side view mirrors now. And they do. And he, like, reads their minds to see what they're seeing. And he's like, he's <laughs> like, <laughs> finish my thought he just is like we are car <laughs> them car he's, he's like we 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 are one organism and that is car <laughs> he just looks over they all came together looks- to create the worst fucking like power ranger transport 
transformer vampire hybrid. He's just like, he looks over at his dad and he's like, Carlisle, it was there all along. (laughs) My favorite favorite part about the car thing is... I know, I'm no. crying. Do you want my tears? Yes, let me gobble them up. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> oh, no, my favorite part about oh the car God. thing is while they're in this car chase, at some point, there's a car wreck and they just ruin everyone's cars on the they road. They kill. No, they don't. they don't. Alice says they don't kill anybody, but they grievously injure hundreds. This woman is like pissed and gets out of her car and they use that as an opportunity to check her car, I think. And then they flip the other car into oncoming traffic. Yes. Yes, like absolute sociopaths. Alice is like, it's cool. No one died. And I'm like, they're all going to have such high medical bills. Their life is ruined. Their lives are ruined. You guys did this. The quality. Who knows what the quality of life is going to be for some There were probably children involved. What's happening? You guys are not the good guys. You've <laughs> you just did this to save are... your one dumb musky girlfriend. <laughs> and then later on, Edward is like, "Now we're driving down a different highway that we didn't close off." LOL. <laughs> like, yeah, you did close an entire eight lanes of traffic <laughs> with your stupid. You d- destroyed stunt. the lives of twenty people and inconvenienced everyone else. <laughs> I. Just... But they were all in that moment, car. <laughs> this book is broken. A me. living, breathing mass of car. Faster oh and more beautiful and more graceful than any car before. <laughs> oh, they pull James to pieces. They fi- they go there. They pull James to pieces. They say, "Bella, Edward does the." unsucking of blood and uh that's it oh then he takes her to prom makes her cry yes and he reveals that he still plans to leave her which we know because he does so in the first like three chapters or something of new moon which is i've said this so many times this episode but one of the hugest problems with this book is that there's no character development or character arc it's like edward doesn't want to be with bella and wants to leave her and it ends with edward doesn't want to stay with bella and wants to leave her so like why did you write this? Why did you write this book? And we knew that. We knew that that was going to be the... to the part where she's got a teenage pregnancy and then dies from it. Yeah. Cool. Essentially, she becomes a vampire. It's like really graphic and terrible. <laughs> Breaking Dawn was also a book that was not a great entry into this series, as were the other four. I think. Uh, yeah, there's four. Yeah, four books. There's none five. Of them, none of them. There's well seven. I think. There's the shorts. Not yeah, shorter story. Yeah, there's the novella. There's the four mm-hmm. main books, the novella, the retelling, gender swap, and this one. Christ. But this is this is number five. Yes. Which it's not. It's number one again. But they're mm-hmm. marketing it as number five. But whatever. So, I was wondering this while I was reading it. How much of the dialogue is just straight out of Twilight? Um, almost all of it, because I was all like right. viscerally remembering it. I noticed that, like, sometimes she would gloss over the conversation, and I was like, okay, that's clearly for the people who have read Twilight. No, it was, and I think it was literally all in there. I think they added some at one point, 
and maybe another Twihard can call me out on this, but I think early in their dating, they add this whole conversation, and I know why she did this. If this is an addition, maybe I just blanked this out in the book because it's so stupid, but if it is an addition, she did this because everybody always complains that Bella is like a two-dimensional character who has no personality traits, and I guess she thought that what people meant by personality traits was list of things she likes because this is what we get is Edward (laughs) quizzing her, and some of this I remember from the book, so I think there was like probably like oh he kept asking me stuff for the rest of the day or something like that but it i do believe it gets fleshed out quite a bit in this um because she gives like a whole list of all of her like favorite movies and books and things which again is not a personality i know that i'm a person who does that but like i know it's not a personality um and it's also if you have been accused of being racist and having like a racist book that doesn't include any people of color aside from like a shitty ass stereotype of native Americans. Why the fuck would you not include any black writers in your character's list of favorite books? This is because that's not in the American canon and that's all Bella's read. Hey, guess so. what? Bronte is not American either. So fuck off. Like, Ooh, that's true. <laughs> Cause oh, she, she lists... did make a point to include Orson Scott card though. She, right. The other Mormon. Um, <laughs> But she has on her list, Jane Eyre, anything by any Bronte, To Kill a Mockingbird, obviously, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Just because she likes that, that doesn't make her not racist. You can't just throw in To Kill a Mockingbird. We've been over this, Smire. Everyone knows you can't just throw in To Kill a Mockingbird to seem not racist. Uh, Fahrenheit 451, all of the Chronicles of Narnia, but especially the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, that one is shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> Gone with the Wind, <laughs> racist, Douglas racist. Adams and David Eddings and Orson Scott Card and Robin McKinley. Did I already say Ella Montgomery? Really? You couldn't come up with one. You couldn't come up with one. Not one. No. I mean, no. I still would have been like, this is shit. And you threw one in for token, but like. But at least there would have been something. Something. Smire. Something. Oh Please. Oh, my God. But she does like listening to Linkin Park. She likes listening to Linkin Park. Except not really. Phil gave her that for her birthday. Because she doesn't, like, know music. She, she doesn't like music. Yeah. Or she likes music but doesn't know anything about music. I can't. I don't, you don't have to know anything about music to like A it. band. And have your own opinions about it. She's like, I got my music taste from my mom, and she got her music taste from her mom, so I just listened to all of my grandma's favorite songs, I guess. Bella. Okay. This isn't a personality. This, I, thought, I always thought in the original book, oh, Bella does have personality, because Bella's a self-insert, and you can read her as sarcastically as you want to. So mm-hmm. you can be like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, she's funny and sarcastic, if you read it that way. Turns out, no, she's just nothing. She's, nope. she's a she- pile of oatmeal. She is as blank as Edward's reading of her mind. There's nothing there. Just nothing. That's Empty. why he can't read her mind because it there's, there's <laughs> it nothing. It contains nothing. Oh man! All right, uh, we have to. We have to stop talking. About it. It's been to. an hour, an hour, hour and thirty-seven minutes. So long. <laughs> Let's do some recommended reading real quick and wrap this yes. up. Yes. What you got? Um, I read the second book in the Murderbot series. Oh, hey, cool. Which was super good. My friend Sam prompted me to continue on with the series because I suggested it to him after we read the first book. And then he finished the series, or as many of the books as are out, and I hadn't read any more of them, as is my want to do. Um, So I read the second book, 
It was extremely good. It deals a lot with uh, seeing yourself as a monster and mm. not being able to connect with humans because you are apart from them and could easily destroy them. <laughs> that kind of conversation, if that's what you're into, and it, but if you want it done in a really cool science fiction way, check it out. Sounds good. Um, and then I also started rereading Illuminae. Mm, yeah. Again, because of Sam. Um, they're very good. I know I've recommended the Illuminate Files here before because it was a very good YA sci-fi trilogy, but, uh, if you haven't listened to the audiobooks, definitely give the audiobooks a try. They're fully casted, and with the series being, like, mixed media format, I think it really lends itself well to an audiobook. I do yes. love that series. It's very good. It's I need so to give it a reread. They're also surprisingly quick reads because they... For being gigantic. Yeah, for being yes. as big as midnight sun because uh yeah they have their mixed media so there's a lot yeah, of like chat logs mm-hmm. and diagrams and pages that are just books. like a sentence written in a pattern really cool way <laughs> yeah what about you probably something applies more to vampires or <laughs> yes i got two vampire reads to suggest actually good, uh, good, 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 good. both of kind of going in one of my many complaints about this book being that it edward needed to be far more moral and uh, good and upstanding or far less. So I've got one vampire read that is a better look at moral vampires and one that no, I... No, think... give me the bad one first. That's the one I want to read. The one that is <laughs> more fucked up vampires, I think. I'm not done with yet, so I can't fully okay. endorse, but much like you, I went back to a writer we've covered on this podcast, Silvia Moreno-Garcia, and oh, I'm sweet. reading Certain Dark Things, which is her vampire novel set in Mexico City. Yes, um, I want this. And it is pretty good so far. Uh, definitely the vampires are way more willing to kill people, which I yes. like. I also like the vampire system in it where there are like different vampires from different like mythologies. So that's nice Ooh. to be like, oh, there's the... I do like that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not just like, oh, this is the vampire and all the other vampires are wrong, you know? Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah. got a vampire mythology, and we should explore exactly. more of them. Um, and then the other one that I read, which I have finished, is the Gilda stories. The Gilded stories, or Gilda? The Gilda stories by Jewel L. Gomez. It's like a series of uh, stories about this woman who escapes slavery in the mid eighteen hundreds, and then uh, is helped by a pair of lesbian vampire brothel owners who turn her into a vampire and then it's like nine or ten different like kind of short stories spanning the next like two to three hundred years it's a little bit more sporadic maybe than like a lot of the vampire Mm. stories I've read because it's and it's a I would say a little bit more literary than some but it does I think a much better job with having vampires who don't believe in harming humanity because like that's their whole thing is they're like oh we take blood from people but we give something back so they like affect people's dreams and memories and stuff Mm -hmm. that's fun and it's also interesting to see how she like interacts with like race and culture throughout like the next several hundred years as she like goes through Uh, again we talked about Meyer being like oh into American vampires and whatever like I think this is a much better take on American vampires (laughs) That does sound good, though. I'm, I'm, I'm all here for vampire books that aren't like part of super long paranormal, mm. yeah, urban fantasy, yeah, series. I mean, there's a time and a place for them. I'm kind of burnt out on those particular vampire stories. Yeah. Though. All right. Cool. So, 
next week we've got uh andalite chronicles Chronicles. yeah so that'll be fun and then the week after that is oh my new unit right yes what are we reading for your new unit so what is my new unit my new unit because i believe it will be continuing on long enough to get us into spooky season is horror novels yes so i don't like being scared by my books and we're gonna try to scare me i guess but the first uh one that we're gonna read is a book that i read long time ago when I was a young kid and it freaked me the fuck out and I don't really know why and we'll see if it holds up to that but it's called Jade Green a ghost story by Phyllis Reynolds Naylor I hate the cover already yeah it's a pretty bad cover okay uh very cool in the meantime if you would like to get in touch with us because you have a book you think we would like or hate you can tweet at us at shelfawarecast or email us shelfawarecast at gmail.com. We have had a couple of lovely uh, listener emails recently. Mm-hmm. One from James, who has suggested a whole new unit to us, which I'm very excited about. Yes. And Celine, who has sent us a, a very lovely email, lots of book suggestions for us, and some art, which is which was the coolest totally shit. Awesome. It's like the coolest thing that's ever happened to me before. So thank you so much for sending in your emails. Uh, We would love to hear from more of you. Even if you just want to tell us that you are car. (laughs) That's fine. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcasts aggregating platform so if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those you definitely should i think we earned it after having read midnight sun and talked about it for an hour and a half uh your opinion may differ but (laughs) if you use apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review but if you don't you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like in the words of stephanie meyer Now she cried because the music I'd created for her had touched her. Tears caused by pleasure. I wondered how how much of this unspoken language she had understood. One tear still glistened in the corner of her left eye, shining in the brightness of the room. A tiny, clear piece of her, an ephemeral diamond. Acting on some strange instinct, I reached out to catch it with my fingertip. Round on my skin, it sparkled as my hand moved. I swiftly touched my finger to my tongue tasting her tear absorbing this minute particle of her <laughs> i'm not gonna read the rest it goes on though for a couple more paragraphs <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> is the how do you say the tribes name? quill you the tri- what quill you Will you? At least that is how it is pronounced in the movies. Could be oh, wrong. God. I mean, I don't really trust anything the movies say about like the uh, like Native American rep because they did cast Taylor Lautner <laughs> as Jacob Black, and he is not a member of any Native American tribe. And every time they yeah. did interviews, he went, oh, yeah, we did some digging, and it turns out I have Native American ancestry on my mother's side, which is like that super doesn't fucking count. Like, <laughs> you... If you didn't know about it until you did some digging, you shouldn't have been cast as the role. Like, what are we doing? I hate this. Everything about Twilight is so fucking fucked. Like, 